0: It's Yolkali.
1: What's, what's up? Hey, y'all. What's up? You're about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, live music, booty bump and beats, and much more. Fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow.
2: This show will start
4: Welcome back, everyone. This is Nine. And this is Melissa. And today we are here at the studio with a graffiti special. So it's interesting because we will be presenting a series of interviews from very different artists, students, um, instructors also from Yolo Kali. And we are very excited.
5: I'm super excited
4: yeah so definitely we're also going to be exploring other topics in the graffiti community such as crews the unity styles the developments and more but yeah we're exploring the outlets that graffiti has brought to the youth and how it has followed other artists throughout their artist professions at Yolo Kali we have a street art class that it runs every year throughout the whole year and a public art class that runs every summer and we actually got to interview our instructors for street art, which Melissa is in and I am in public art and my instructor is Chris Silva.
5: And mine is Arturo Fresan.
4: Yeah, so that was very interesting. Um, yeah, well. Well today also there's uh, a lot of diversity that we were presenting to you yeah. throughout the show. And don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. And so to start off, we're going to be introducing Chris Sova, which, like I mentioned, he is my instructor for public art. I'm actually assisting him. And throughout our, I believe, three or four weeks of working with him, I have learned a lot from him and mostly about who he is um, as a person. And I really admire that. And we have the first clip would will be talking about his graffiti involvements when he was younger. And yeah, let's go ahead and listen to that clip.
3: My name is Chris Silva. I'm a, I guess I might call myself a multidisciplinary artist. Um, I do a variety of things from uh, outdoor kind of public work to Interior stuff that might be shown in a gallery or something like that. Uh, I do pretty large scale installations and also um, some sound kind of collages, like kind of based, really based in like uh, DJ culture, kind of hip hop production based, but um, kind of stretching out and getting a little weird sometimes with it.
4: Um, What is graffiti to you?
3: Not, I haven't thought about it in a while, but when I really felt like uh, I had some really strong opinions about it, my definition was that it was, um, whether artistic or not, it was mark-making done illegally in public.
4: Can you talk to me about when you started doing graffiti or like the time when you were active?
3: Uh yeah, I started doing graffiti in nineteen eighty six. Uh I think what was I, about fourteen then? Yeah, that makes sense. Um and at the same time I started skateboarding, so uh between those two activities that kinda got me out all over using the city essentially as a playground in a lot of ways and meeting kids from all over the city from all different backgrounds. Um And beyond, I think, you know, the kind of skills I was building, I think socially that was just as important, the whole kind of networking thing and really uh, experiencing a a wide variety of viewpoints through other people and, um, yeah, just that whole kind of social experience was very eye-opening in hindsight, you know, I kind of took it for granted at the time, like, this is just what my life's like, but looking back, I can see that I really benefited uh, greatly from that, Um, but as far as the graffiti goes, I kind of did it really actively at first for maybe a year or two at the most, Um, and then I kind of my main focus was really skateboarding for several years and then I think right around 1990 is when I started getting pulled back into graffiti art and I was witnessing some things being done by uh, artists graffiti artists here locally that really pulled me in um artists like East and um yeah, a bunch of other people who were doing really I th- what I thought was innovative kind of stuff at the time. And so I, it really uh, inspired me to jump back in and um, add my voice to that mix.
4: Um, what was the graffiti movement like when you started and how how would you say it is now?
3: That it was really, really a new art form still Uh, when I started doing it and so it felt a little more like uncharted territory Uh, there was this real exciting kind of um I don't know for lack of a better word pioneering kind of um feeling about the whole thing like that that myself and my peers and the The generation who would um, come right before us were really kind of trailblazing in some way, and uh, that that was really exciting, both for that and skateboarding as well. Like they, they were just in in really young kind of stages, so there was a lot of room to like kind of stumble upon things, and um, I don't know, just kind of you know you'd see people doing stuff and you'd know like, whoa, I've never seen anyone do it quite like that before. And that was really exciting. and made you want to go out and, um, you know, it kind of was like a healthy, competitive thing going to in, in that regard. Uh, but yeah, it just felt felt really um, like new territory to explore back then for sure.
4: Hello, we're back. And that was the interview, the first clip with Chris Silva. And I do want to mention that this interview was recorded on the Loomis Bridge near Cermac, between Cermak and Archer, I believe. And the reason why it was recorded there is because we've been very busy painting a wall on the bridge. So if anybody wants to check it out, we're not finished, but, you know, you can still see what we're producing. And it's super, super colorful. I do want to point out that I think it's amazing that Chris has that experience of graffiti in the 1990s and late 80s i was super interested when i heard that he did graffiti because like i was like wow like his art is completely like different in a way it has evolved so much but it's amazing to see how he started which we will hear more about that in his transition of becoming um, more into like commission work later on so also we have another interview with alex and oz so they were alex has been a part of the street art program for a while with yolokali and i've seen him grow as an artist and i've got to say like you know yolokali has really provided us the space to be free with the type of art that we like to do whether it's graffiti street art um, more like traditional artwork and I think it's amazing that he doesn't just expand here.
5: If I were to add to like yeah, yoga It does provide like a really nice experience. It's like very freely and also like that artist Alex, he like he's my, um, he's a teaching assistant in my class and you can see how like that motivation he puts on other students and I I don't know, I
4: like that. Wow, that's super amazing. And it's interesting to transition to this because this is like the newer generation since like you mentioned there about and our how, age. Like,
5: we teach throughout different generations. For
4: sure, and it stays yeah. active through mm-hmm. the generation. That word is amazing. But yeah, let's go ahead and listen to Alex and Oz's clip.
6: Um, hey, my name's Alex. Uh, I'm a student at UIC and I do graffiti. My
1: name is Oz. I'm a student at UIC, and I also do graffiti. All
6: right. The reason I do graffiti or I'm attracted to graffiti, um, even with all the risks that are attached to it, is because it's something I grew up loving, and it's like the first um, art form I ever really like cared about or bothered to take my time to like
1: practice or, I don't know, study? I don't know. Graffiti, as a whole, is usually comes from like like neighborhoods that aren't, that don't have advantages as other neighborhoods that have uh, better like programs for art. So when it comes down to it, I mean, you pick up a can and you know you kind of like show what you got to the public. I've been spraying a quite a while. I sprayed with another name before, um, but like you know, things happen and I changed my name um, and like. I've been writing this name for like at least probably more than five years now. And I definitely, I could say I definitely put in that work. You could see it in front of your face, not through a screen, you know, like, um, like I'm studying graphic design and at UIC and like half of of that stuff gets me like super like just like impatient sometimes. just by looking at a screen and eyes uh, getting tired. I mean, it's more of a personal problem, I guess, to me. But, I'm, I mean, graffiti is like, it's just honestly just as like painting a canvas, you know? You got your techniques, um, everybody has their own way of doing it. That's one thing grass has
6: taught me and that I've used in every drawing, painting, mural I've ever done. Like. Graph taught me how to do, like, how to use a light source, how to do 3Ds, how to make things look like they're popping out, um, how to mix and match colors, um, proportion. Like, a lot of the very basic elements of just art itself, I learned through graffiti. Like, graffiti was a tool I used to, like, understand all these different, like, concepts within art, um, which I think is pretty dope. it's, like, a straight, gritty, like, learn from the streets thing. And now I use it in school, and it's it's just dope to see. I'm not the guy with the most ups. Like, my name isn't everywhere compared to some of these other writers. Uh, but I will say, like, through through working with, like, uh, Yolokali and helping teach, like, the street art program, I know I've definitely um, helped a lot of, like, shorties learn at least the basics of letters and like you know doing like a blockbuster like a stray letter Uh, so maybe like not directly like graffiti related like my name isn't up but like I like to think that with the with a few like group of of like students at YOLO like I've at least opened another door for them to maybe explore doing graph and hey maybe they'll be like the next king of Chicago like Painting the streets like crazy and the trains and panels, all that stuff. Yeah. But toy, toy is someone who, who isn't good at graffiti or who doesn't have a style.
1: So this guy's style, uh, Alex, um, I'd say your I'd say his style is a lot more legible than mine. Um, it's a lot more uh, it's real structured with letters. As in, like, um, it's bold. It's very bold as well. He he puts his lines down consistently, um, and shadows as well. Shadows is a big part, or three D, and he does both very well.
6: Mm, this guy has like like fifty styles. Like he can rock a straight letter, like very simple and bold. Um, but he can also do like some really funky things where like his letters look like they're melting. He can just do a wide range of styles like from really blocky to really soft and round. And it's always really colorful. I think he's got like really good like color schemes.
7: In the streets of Little Village, we asked teens if they knew what common graffiti terms meant. Let's quiz their knowledge.
2: Ladies and gentlemen.
7: Does anyone know what is a throw-up? Beer. Disgusting. Right. Yeah, disgusting, right? A sudden illness when you need when your body needs to expel something that is causing it harm. Actually a throw-up is slang for bubble shaped letters.
4: And that was Michelle's box, Populi. We thank you so much, Michelle. And what you previously heard was an interview with Oz and Alex. So I do want to mention that I think it's amazing that they brought up how graffiti has taught them so much with like um, concepts of art, like how Alex mentioned like light source, and now he can apply that to like a variety of artwork that he does, especially in school. Yeah. And Oz mentioned how. Organ um how organic graffiti is rather than just looking at a screen, you know, technology nowadays and graphics like super old school where you can just go outside on a really nice day or on a windy day and just be with your friends, maybe even have like a cookout if you have like a permission wall. I mean
5: I think it's different. It's like more like more in contact. You're more like I don't I don't know, personally you feel more connected to people by yeah, that.
4: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's awesome too the unity you could tell like that they respect each other as artists like the way that, that they describe their each styles arts, yeah yeah that, that's awesome super goals <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so up next we have an interview with um an amazing girl that i just met through public art and i want to point out that she's an amazing artist with acrylics as well i've never personally seen any of her graffiti artwork but i can speak for her artwork that we've been doing at the mural and it's amazing i i think she's super dope (laughs) but yeah let's go ahead and listen to her interview
2: i'm pilot and i'm a street artist
4: and what is graffiti to you or how would you define it
2: street art that allows us to um i guess express ourselves and when i say us I, i mean like the youth we all start when we're young usually and at least that's what I use to get out and um express myself in many ways
4: What got you interested in starting, and how long ago was that?
2: I started when I was like twelve. I've always been a painter and um i I was like never really good with anything else in school, like math science, all that, so I was just automatically drawn to art and um It was because of the neighborhood I was in, and everyone was like doing it, Um, a lot of people that were skating, graphing, and so when I moved to a different neighborhood, it went from tagging to doing throws and like fills and getting way bigger. Finding your own little family out in the street, it helps a lot, and that's, that's how I got involved with graffiti.
4: How would you define your style now?
2: My style now is really open, and it's not, like, narrowed down to a specific type, which I always had a problem with in in the past. Like, I always thought I needed to, like, get really good at one thing or, like, one style. And now it's whatever comes to mind, and I I realize that's, that's when I come up with the best stuff.
4: Do you think that being a female has any impact? in you being in the graph community?
2: I think when you're a female graffiti artist and you're good, you get a lot of hype, respect and recognition. But when you're just starting out, it's the total opposite. It's twice as hard to go about or like just for your pieces to be left alone, to write out, or even just for you to get respect. Like you're considered a toy, I guess. Like it's really hard to get respect coming up as a graffiti artist as a woman but when you get better like you just you get twice as much praise so i guess it's worth it i do think we need a lot more females out here the men i don't know with them being like it being more of like a men dominated like art it's just about like oh you're in my hood or like you went over my stuff. And I think like femi- like women got that feminine touch and like we really just out here trying to create. And I think we need a lot more females out here to help like graffiti right now.
4: Um, how has the graffiti movement changed from when you started to now? Like the graffiti movement changed
2: in um, both negative and positive ways. I think a lot more people are doing it now but then again, in like in some negative ways, it's not as like I guess it's not as safe as it used to be. It's kind of become more of like a rivalry thing, I guess. In in some ways,
4: um, how has graffiti connected you or disconnected you from your community?
2: Well, graffiti has connected me with my uh, community. At least, Pilsen, they're very welcoming to art, and um, I'm used to getting up and running and um this has been the first place where i've had like people that live on the block ask me to stay and finish my piece instead of running off and like to me that felt like mad love like usually i'm chased off but here i feel welcome
4: if you could give your younger self a piece of advice as an artist what would it be
2: a piece of advice I'd give myself like at a at a younger age is um I guess never take breaks, never stop. You get rusty quick and to le- never compare your art to someone else's. I know I've done that so many times and it's like stopped me here and there and every single time I came back I was rusty like I've I've always compared my stuff to other people's stuff and I thought it wasn't good enough. I thought my style was whack or like my colors or whatever, shadowing. And I know if I would have never have done that, I would have been so much better right now, you know? You got to find your own style and and run with it, you know? Everyone's style is always going to be different or or whatever it may be, like just never stop.
4: Um, is there anything like with graffiti conversation that you would just like like to throw out there?
2: Yeah, something that I want uh, Want to comment about I think is really important that a lot of youngins should know even um, ones that Haven't dabbled in it yet and, in graffiti and, and are about to um, Never let anyone affect Like your heart in graffiti um, it's going to be hard, you're going to get judged or sometimes you got to be out there on your own and it, it can get scary a lot, a lot like opinions or even people being physical with you or cops, all of that keep on grinding, keep on painting That's that's like one of the main things I've learned painting on my own or like just with one other person people are going to try to stop you you just keep on painting, that's all I can say keep on painting whether people like it or not or whether you're feeling bummed keep on painting
4: and that was the interview with pilot so i want to say thank you for letting me interview pilot if you're listening i believe that she touched up on a lot of important subjects such as like you know you do start initially well for the most part when you people who get involved with graffiti they do start when they're young like when they're youth and you know growing up you kind of like do really find uh, a nice community there or a strong friendship with you know perhaps one person or a crew and uh, and it does impact you growing up because you you feel like you have like someone or a group of people to rely on that understand some of the things that you are doing you know
5: i just think it's like really interesting that like we got a woman perspective on it and how it is like the culture the scene of it and i don't know just the difference between being a guy in the graffiti scene and then being a woman.
4: Yeah, and how she mentioned, I do believe that females or a feminine energy does impact something, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it does bring a different energy yeah. <laughs> to the field. Agreed. And... You know, a lot of times men can be very competitive and very, how do you call it? Um, I wouldn't say
5: like sexist, but it could be like a little, they treat you differently.
4: Yeah, and they're super Uh territorial. Uh (laughs)
5: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I don't
4: know, man. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But yeah, I think she also touched up on like how when she started, there was a lot of skateboarding around. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that Chris Silva was talking about and i think it kind of goes hand in hand with like the grab community like the skateboarding, the skateboarding scene and the yeah. hip-hop you know all mm-hmm. of that yeah i think it's pretty dope yeah and you know just to mention it we have another female on the show later on but oh, you're gonna okay. have to wait for that <laughs> um, but yeah so let's go ahead and you know what i need to remind you of something you are listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolo Kali in Little Village. And don't forget, this is our graffiti special, and this is a series of interviews from our local youth, street art mentors, and public art, and our local Little Village artists. Let's go ahead and take a small break.
7: This ought to be easy. What does toy mean? Kids. Child. Someone like young.
6: An object used
5: to endorse <laughs> amusement.
6: Is someone who, who isn't good at graffiti.
5: A
7: toy is someone who is a noob or sucks at graffiti.
4: And that was a box puppy of toy. <laughs> I'm a toy. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Anyways. Um Yeah. So you know, just recapping real quick, we've so far we've heard interviews from Chris Silva, Alex and Oz pilot and we still have a lot more um we have another clip of alex and Oz actually and this time they're going to be touching up on the subjects of cruise the unity that you know is amongst graffiti which there is a lot of unity in graffiti um and also social media you know
5: yeah i could see how that ties in with it
4: yeah i mean now that we're like in 2019 social media is like a big part of society and everything is on social media i
5: mean yeah a lot of people post like their their burners or whatever
4: for sure i think what do you think about that do you think it's kind of like a burn up i think
5: (laughs) think it's a very like clout chasing thing okay but i'm not against it (laughs) if that makes sense i'm like if you want to post that do it
4: for sure i think it does take like also like a lot of precaution
5: i think it also takes a lot of confidence yeah could it be like yeah that piece right there for sure Epic, yeah.
4: you know what in this clip Alex touches up on like a really good point on like social media when when it's posted but let's go ahead and listen to that clip so we can all know what th- what I'm talking about
1: mm, well I mean I guess I guess with being in a crew it depends on how close you are to those people because um, like yeah it's it's uh it honestly comes down to like a brotherhood um, or, or I mean bro- you know, girls are in there too, sisterhood Um Just the whole fam, right? Just like a whole Like, um, I guess that's one thing You guys have alike, you guys don't have to have Anything alike, just that crew Um And yeah, I mean, it's nothing really like gangbanging Cause a lot of people would be thinking it's gangbanging And it's like, it's, it's not It's, there's no, there's honestly Like, low, very low Um Counts of violence when it comes Down to graffiti, um so, I mean, yeah, with the crew, that's all it is. It's all love. And between each other, it's all love. So, I mean, graffiti's for, honestly, graffiti's for the world. That's what the world needs. Yeah, I'm in
6: a crew. Uh, just a bunch of homies I hang out with. I can, like, hang out with and not do graffiti with. Like, we have a bond outside of just graffiti. And at the end of the day, they're just guys I, yeah, it's just guys. Damn my crew isn't as diverse as Osses, but shout out all the female writers out there, you know, show love to them. I started like, I feel like everyone was posting everything on Instagram. Like, it was like, yeah, it was about the time Instagram like first started to pop off and it was just like, everything was inst- it was like on Instagram. And People started like only posting like certain things they were doing, not
1: everything. I I do have my roots in, like, back in the day. Or not back in the day, but, like, you know, how it used to be, like, a time without phones where, you know, the only time you'd see it um, was when you had to walk a couple blocks down or wherever you were going that was always outside. If you wanted to go see graffiti, you had to go outside. So that's kind of, like, the way I'd like to keep it.
6: Like with us, like... I see a lot of names on Instagram, and I know they're in Chicago. But like, until I see it in person, that's when I like, I'm like, all right, cool, like, yeah, you paint, you're about it. Um, but I also have like a little exception. Like, I don't mind. Like, if I see it on Instagram, uh, if I see your name on Instagram, like, I'll give you the props. But mostly, if it was like benched by someone and like someone, like someone who who like took a picture of it and posted it, but it wasn't you. Cause I mean, someone out there, like on the street, saw it, uh, and it wasn't you just trying to like put yourself out there. You meet a writer who's from like the suburbs. You meet the other day, I met a writer from like Germany, and we were just we we're just painting. We just randomly guy met guy up. Was cool. That guy was cool. Shout out <laughs> different people with different backgrounds, and you're just like, I don't think I would have ever hung out with this person had it not been for Graf. And then like all of a sudden you're like in this super deep like subculture
1: I feel like it's connected to me it's connected me to the city more definitely cuz I mean I definitely wouldn't have known any of the north side any of the west side any of downtown like um, so like it's gotten me closer to uh, like appreciating my city and appreciating the beauty it has for everybody like starting graffiti Um, you know, calling themselves a toy or getting called a toy. Um, If you don't want to get called a toy, you know, put in the work and practice. That's honestly all I could tell you. Because me, myself, and my boy Alex here, we were like, I remember when I I couldn't even draw a straight line or even like do a straight line with a can. Sometimes I still can't, so like... (laughs) You know, like, you really, like, if you really want to perfect your stuff, you really got to practice. Practice, as cliche as it sounds, practice makes perfect. And don't fake it till you make it. Yeah. Because you'll never get there. Also. Maybe
6: you will, I don't know. <laughs> you can, you can that out, right? Also, uh, never underestimate the power of a straight letter or a blockbuster, like, Sometimes the most simple things, you know, they go a long way. And I don't think a lot of people starting out understand that. They just want to just go for the wild style, like the simple things. It's nice to see the
1: simple things. Yeah, shout out to Chicago for providing the spots. (laughs) Some good spots in here. Um, And shout out to CTA, too. Yeah.
7: Do you know what black books are? Reading. Interesting. Scary. A black book. <laughs> <laughs> a black book is like a sketchbook for many artists where they can put their own pieces and let other artists write in theirs.
4: And that was the second clip with um, Oz and Alex. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's talk about their clip a little bit. Um, You know it's interesting that you know like Oz mentioned his crew has like some females and I gotta say I don't know what crew he's talking about but I know when he started um (laughs) he was in 3am and so am I I'm wearing my 3am shirt I don't know if anybody remembers those um I think they were designed by Chris Rubin shout out to him um it's a nice like 3am shirt with like it's it's a nice shirt believe me it's a nice shirt I can't believe I still have it to be honest but yeah they talk about social media just like we were talking about and i believe you had something to say about that yeah
5: i was like i find it interesting because i well speaking of like kids my age we find a lot of inspiration through social media we see another artist and like and then a little group chats or whatever we're like yo did you see what this artist did or like oh that, that that piece looks good or whatever but like yeah definitely we get a lot of inspiration from like social media and then we also follow a lot of artists a lot of artists we have um admi- admiration towards like
4: yeah yeah and i'm i'm not that much older than you but i gotta say my experience like when i started it was a lot different i actually started painting with os when i was super young and he was the one like really just kind of supporting me because i was really like self-conscious all the time so i was like really thankful about that and i gotta say uh, a way that we got inspired was um looking at certain artists, right? So we would see them in one side of the city and see one of their pieces in another side of the city. And it's like, whoa, like, they're up there or like, Mm -hmm. wow, their style is so awesome. And like, I remember like some of my friends being like super motivated by a specific artist. And then, you know, later on in the years after they still kept, you know, grinding with graph they started meeting them and painting with them so that's like super amazing you know I can relate to that with graffiti but also with like public art you know like last year with you know Chema was in in an instructor and it was super amazing to share some time painting with him and yeah it just kind of goes hand in hand you know graffiti is just a little bit more underground than like the regular traditional muralist but it definitely
5: opens like a lot of different art forums and like a lot of opportunities
4: Yeah, yeah for sure and I think it It has expanded a lot of unity how we keep talking about it because like you know alex mentioned he was painting with some guy from germany Mm -hmm. i think that is awesome yeah and you know sometimes you don't have a lot of things in common with your peers but you do have that one factor of graffiti in common which is amazing Mm -hmm. but you know talking about amazing people you know, I don't know if you you guys are all familiar with Belle. She's also an instructor for Yolo Kali, and she's working at Lynx and OSIS, her assistant. And she came into the studio the other day to get interviewed. And I got to say, you know, not to brag or anything, but <laughs> this interview is really amazing. So let's just, you know, go ahead and listen to that now. So,
8: yeah. Uh, what's up? My name is Belle, Southside Chicago um, writer. I'm also a teaching artist uh, from Little Village. How would you define graffiti? Um, writing and stuff, that would be graffiti to me, <laughs> writing and whatever, bombing, tags. And how long have you been doing graffiti? Um, since 99, so it's been a couple years now, like a little over 10 years. Wow, how did you get started? <laughs> Um, I was influenced by my brother growing up. Um, I caught up on some of his hand styles and kind of went through there. Um, As I got older, went into high school, I met more friends that started doing graffiti. And then that's when I kind of went more into it, started seeing more of like the bombing aspect of it. And then later on, I started piecing.
4: How would you define your style?
8: Um, My style can be... A little wild style and also kind of basic sometimes um, when I'm trying to figure out maybe a different color scheme or something like that. Um, But I would say it's, it can be a little wild style with some arrows. Um, Some people have said it's a Chicago style. I don't know what that means really, but.
4: (laughs) Um, How has graffiti helped you grow as an artist and be involved with your community?
8: Well it's helped me grow in a lot of different ways Um, It's helped me grow In the sense of kind of Getting to know people and Not being too shy about talking to others Sometimes I can be a little um, Antisocial so I'm still that way a little um, But it's definitely kind of given me The the Oomph or whatever to kind of go up there and say Hey what's up you guys paint Or whatever Um, But it's also helped me to Grow in my community and Convivir, you know, with my community In the way that we have um, walls Big walls where we can kind of bring in A bunch of people and, and paint And also through that scene You know, more people start to come out And next thing you know, you're meeting Like other people from the community That also write Or people just from the neighborhood That are enjoying the process Or watching everybody else Or even like the production's changing And then the people, the neighbors come out And be like, oh yeah you know, the one you guys had last time was real dope. or, And so that's connecting with with my community as well. Um, it's helped me grow in other ways as far as, like, work-wise. So graffiti, you kind of find walls, any walls really, right, whether they're small or big, to kind of do a big old production, and the bigger the better. And so going up and getting a, another side job as an artist, where now i got to paint a wall, more so as a mural, um, all the bombing, all the mural, all the productions, all this has kind of helped me develop what I got to do when I got to work on this mural. You know, so I think it's helped me grow in a lot of um, scaling-wise, like how to how to take that in and and um, work on big walls or stuff like that.
4: Yeah, like from street to commission. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Can, <laughs> can you talk to me about your evolution, like from? Painting on the street until now, getting like commissioned and even hired for a teaching artist position. Um,
8: so, painting on the street was, was always a lot of fun. Uh, it still is. It's a lot of fun. But um, through that, doing all that, um, I guess you know when you're bombing and you're writing, and if people get to know your name, kind of you start to build up a rep in that way. And so for me, it was very interesting to kind of go into certain high schools and be like, yeah, you know, I'm here to teach you guys a little bit about what graffiti is kind of. And so the teens relating to what I do already or even kind of recognizing my name had that really helped me out because then I came in in a way with like a certain rep that they already knew about and so I wasn't just some somebody coming in talking about something else, you know? I was somebody that was coming in and talking about what I was doing and where they saw what I was doing. And so I think that that kind of helped to build, like, a, a tighter community with my classes, in a way, because then, um, yeah, I don't know, They we can relate, we can talk about it. They know that I'm, that, you know, that I paint, that I would do this, that I can teach you how to build whatever right so anyways graffiti through tagging and all that um, it's helped me out a lot in my profession as an artist Um, just kind of also being able to bring that style into some of my work is really cool um, because then I'm still doing what I really enjoy and still doing commission work where I'm being able to combine both Um, and nowadays graffiti is also very much more accepted than it was before so Kind of like, uh, I guess, a, I guess that's some help too, but yeah, it's helped me grow my art. I don't know, yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I get to combine them both, so it's cool. I get to work with spray paint, I love it. Um, so it's fun.
4: Aside from spray paint, what other mediums do you use for your artwork?
8: Um, mostly spray paint, but I also use acrylic paint. Um, when I'm painting on a wall though, it's usually all spray paint, unless I'm working with my students. Um, then we use acrylic, uh, and but always still spray paint. Like We're always like, yeah, let's fill that in with spray paint, and then we'll do details with acrylic. <laughs> That's usually our mindset.
4: That's awesome. Can you talk to me a little bit about your project with the CTA?
8: Um, so the last year I won a, a contest, or I don't, I don't even know if it was a contest because I didn't get to see any of the other stuff, which I wish I would have because I know there was a lot of awesome work that must have been submitted, you know? Um, so I don't really know who else was in it, but um, I heard about a call. They were um, asking for um, artist calls regarding Day of the Dead and what it meant to you. And so the winner would get a four panel layout, um, uh, you know, a whole train, which was freaking awesome. And then um, also like advertising here and there on billboards, newspapers, and then also towards the middle of the project they introduced the banners on la villita which to me was like yes like not only that but the the train and the villita banners were the most exciting part for me um one because the the cta is like that a whole car with my art you know like that's i can't even explain how excited i was over that and i still am like I still see pictures and I hack myself up, you know? Like, yeah. So that was tight. Um, but though when I got the banners on La Villita Arch, um, that I was so excited about because every time I see that, to me, I mean they're always changing the banners, but for the most part it was it's usually a Virgencita out there. And so I got to put my art up there as well. and It was just like a huge honor to me. Um, my students are often mostly from this community, so for them to be able to see work up there too, um, I don't know, I was really excited about that. But um, that was a very interesting project. It was pretty long. I worked with AARP through that, which is an insurance company. And, um, yeah, they they set up the whole panel wrap. I kept sending in, you know, submissions for what I wanted on there, and it worked
4: out really good. That's awesome. The first thing I thought about when I seen your project on the train, I was like, wow, she she didn't have to, like, run or sneak in somewhere <laughs> to get her artwork on this CTA train. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, going back to um, a little bit of... Um, a different transition. Do you feel like being a female has any factor in your graffiti career or graffiti involvement?
8: Um, I try not to think about it in that way. Um, I've really, really always been um, a big like advocate of like letting my work speak for itself. Um, whether it was like a tag or fill or whatever. I wanted that to just be known for what that was and not necessarily for Belle, that's a girl. Um, I just wanted them to recognize Belle. So, but, you know, of course, I kind of think it also did because graffiti is also all so much more, like, it's male-dominated. I won't even say that much no more because there's so many females that are coming out and painting everywhere, and it's just super exciting to see. And not only that, but, like, IG can link so many other women from all over the world. And so now you're getting to see all the females that are really in that scene. Whereas before, before social media, you didn't see all that, right? You only knew what was in your city. And in my city, there was only a handful of girls. And so that would, that I knew, you know. And so that would pump me up. But I didn't, I I didn't want people to know that I was a girl. I was just kind of wanting to bust tags and let them know. My name Now I get You know I'll I'll do big pieces And I'll paint with guys On a wall And I You know I always get props And so I think um, I think that That's kind of changed More so Throughout the years It could have been A whole different thing Like back in the day Definitely But um, It's definitely changing More so now Where you're definitely Seeing a lot more females On these walls And And That's exciting You know Um, I did get a comment One time though that really was like oh man you were doing so good and then he goes um we're we're talking and he's like man bell you paint like a dude and I was like oh really bro like I paint like a dude I'm like nah man I paint like me man I paint like bell bro what's up (laughs) and he's like you know but his comp it was like a bittersweet compliment because he was being real cool with me and when he said that I don't think maybe he did realize what he said I don't know but you know like he's like so so it's always there you know those mentalities are always kind of there but to me it's always been about just I'm gonna just show you what I can do and whether I'm a I'm a girl or not which I am (laughs) right like I can rock the wall just like you so um yeah it's always been a little bit of a thing but I try not to let it get to me in it
4: anyway that's awesome and (laughs) Considering that, can you talk to me um, about Splash? Yeah, man. Um, so Splash
8: was is co-founded by uh, myself and my homegirl, Fina. Um, and she had came up with the idea of doing an all-girl event. And I was super hesitant about it, mainly because I already had so much going on. I had I still have a couple of different jobs, you know, where I teach and I got a full time job and I got commission work. And so when she introduced the idea, I was kind of like, yeah, it's a lot of work. But as we kept doing it now, we're on our 60 sixth year doing it. And um, we pretty much host homegirls from Chicago. We've had homegirls from Cali, from uh, Detroit, Um, and what we do is we paint behind the county so there's like a little dirt road that's not really a road but everybody drives through it so it's kind of a road and we host them and we try and provide them with at least some a little bit of paint and it's really just like a, a fun Saturday with all these females painting and getting down and putting together some really dope productions and you know we invite people to come and bust out their grill and and cook out and just chill, you know, and support the ladies and and painting these productions. Um, but we try and host a lot of girls. This year we've had we're having the most girls, which is about 18 females, I think. Usually we've had maybe like eight. Last time we had I think 13, so now we added like five more. So um, it's cool. We're excited. Um, always trying to. Just, I don't know, have a good time, you know, with the ladies and paint. Because we don't always get to do it that often together, you know. Um, Sometimes we get to paint with, like, sometimes I'll paint with Steph or, you know, we'll go do productions on on the north side or whatever. But it's never like this many girls. So I Mm -hmm. think that's what kind of builds up the, the whole atmosphere right
4: there. That's awesome. How did you guys go about the process to get the permission for those specific walls?
8: Man, the old school way just going into the store and talking to them (laughs) hollering at the owner you know like hey what's up we want you know we got uh, these ideas and you got an awesome wall and can we throw down on your wall and we need you to sign this contract though (laughs) you know because somebody else comes hollering at you like you got to come talk to us you know so we broke it down to him a little like just letting him know like okay you know this is what we do this is what we like to do we're not going to be doing anything else on these walls um, but yeah, pretty much just going in there and talking to him, um, and we we did that through a couple of different walls. And some said no, a lot said no, some said yeah. But this this main wall here on Twenty Sixth in Sacramento, that's the one we've kept for a couple of years now, and we've been racking it ever since.
4: That's yeah. awesome. Um, and to close up, is there any advice you want to give to people or young people who are starting with their graffiti um, involvement or art that p- perhaps in the future also want to do more professional work? And Any advice you would like to give?
8: Um, it's a hustle. And, if, and, you know, be ready to hustle for it and, and just work hard, really, and keep painting and do your thing, man. Like, don't think about it too much. Just do it. Like, if you're feeling it, do it and know what you're getting into as well you know know your history because you know you also don't want to catch beef while you're over here trying to get in the scene you don't know too much and you're going over stuff that has been there for years or whatever you know little stuff like that happens all the time so it's good to know your history um and yeah keep hustling man it's all hard work really like you just gotta keep working your practice you know do it awesome. <laughs>
4: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. You're dope. And that was the interview with the amazing Belle. What did you think, Melissa? I really liked it. She sounds dope. Alright, Super powerful. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, she said so many amazing things. Like, you, she I, I could really depict the professional side in graffiti, like, through this interview. Um, How she mentioned when she asked for this wall for her splash event um she had it done through a contract and everything and that's super important you know nowadays i don't know if you all are familiar but you can you do have a legal right as an artist with your murals um so it's really really good to just it doesn't matter what type of art you do like you gotta know that it's still legitimate artwork that's being done and it should be protected by some sort of contract or law or you know some legality right um, But yeah, I think that also I, I really like, too, that, you know, she when I've seen her paint, I'm like, wow, she's she's amazing because not that this has anything to do with anything, but like she's about my height and I'm pretty small. <laughs> and like just seeing her throw down on a wall is like, man, she's really doing that, you know,
5: <laughs> I think like just the fact that like she's a girl, you can connect with her like kind of a bit like, yeah, she's on like,
4: she's For been sure. the same thing. And like she mentioned, those mentalities of like gender are always gonna be there. Um I remember when I started to I would write with a different name and a lot of my peers that were males would tell me like, Oh, you know, throw a heart at the end of your name so they know you're a girl. And at first I'm like, Alright, you know, I do want somebody to know that I'm a girl but then after I change my name, my name is like so neutral that it can be a guy or a girl and uh you know, you never know and like when people I don't know if people know what I do or whatever, but I have met some people that are like, Oh, you write that and I'm like, Yeah and they're like, Oh dang, I didn't even know you were girl whatever and i'm like well <laughs> i didn't know you were supposed to know everything about me
5: i <laughs> know i just like the fact that it's like oh the name is a name just look at the artist not the gender of it i i like that aspect because i think that's how a lot of things should be perceived
4: for sure and like at the end of the day your work is always going to speak louder than anything else yeah. that you can say for yourself mm-hmm. so that's that's super amazing but yeah so you know we're coming to the end of part one for our graffiti session we had a series of interviews with chris Alba, alex oz pilot bell, bell. <laughs> the amazing bell <laughs> And I know her event's happening Saturday, July 27th near the county, which is something, because it's right near the county, and this is, like, graffiti and stuff. So, you know, if y'all are in the area, check that out. But, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and just
5: a little reminder, you guys are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y in Yolukali in Little Village. Yep.
4: And don't forget to stay tuned for part two of our graffiti show.
1: This old world starts getting me down, and people are just too much for me to face. I climb way up to the top of the stairs,
7: and all my cares just drift right into space.
4: pack and this is part two of our graffiti special the first part was full of many interviews and this part is going to be a little bit more laid back do have some interviews though and don't forget that you are listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y yolo in little village just to i just want to say i am to refresh you i am nine and i am melissa and we are your hosts for today and hmm let's see there was so much in that first part that it's like well we're like calming down right now Uh but yeah
5: i mean we've so far had really dope interviews with really dope artists
4: Mm -hmm. and like i mentioned in the first part there was uh two clips of chris silva's interview And we have the second part, which in this in this second part, also, we're going to be talking a lot about like the professional side, more on how people and artists have evolved into more like commission work and uh, putting like a portfolio together. And which is super important. And graffiti has opened up that outlet for a lot of different artists Mm -hmm. who are not on the show and who are also on the show. And yeah. I hope to one day also get commissioned <laughs> or something like that i mean i'm already like trying to work on my own mural right now with um an organization so that's pretty tight that's
5: pretty dope yeah
4: <laughs> but yeah let's go ahead and listen to my awesome mentor chris Silva, part two um so from the street to commissions can you talk to me about your transition
3: my whole intro to art was through graffiti art and that just led to me kind of developing some drawing and painting skills through that. And I uh, at some point got hired to be an assistant on some other more established muralist projects uh, and uh, some artists who also were doing mosaics. And so that allowed me to kind of um, apprentice in a way and meet people who were doing that kind of Uh, More like traditional kind of mural painting, and um, those experiences went well. And I it ended up leading to me um, starting to generate more of my own projects. and, uh, And yeah, it's just it just feels really kind of organic in some way that just one thing leads to the next, and you do one good project, you have something you know, in strong in your portfolio or somebody had a good experience working with you and they recommend you and it's really been largely like that for me uh just a kind of keeping the momentum going um one thing that i was that was very fortunate for me is i was i think an early um person as far as uh a graffiti someone with a graffiti background who had a website and so th- I think that helped me really um, in terms of just documenting my work, putting it online and creating a place for people to go and check <laughs> check that
4: out. Um, so also as a teaching artist, um, how's the work with, that you do with young people? How does that impact you and how, how would you say that's important in the community?
3: Uh, Well, some of my first jobs that I got um, through my experiences working with Chicago Public Art Group, which is the organization that I um, got some assistant jobs with early on. Uh, Some of the first projects I got on my own were youth mural projects, and so I kind of just jumped into it. I don't really have a Teaching background or anything or, or teaching degree or anything, but it's just I kind of approached it in this way where it's just like uh, a, The students are like apprentices on the projects and just help me to um varying, varying levels of like having their own input and kind of following a, a blueprint that I I lay out uh, um it's a kind of a, a a large mix of me being very um, kind of intentional with my design, but also leaving uh, open areas for improvisation and student input. And that kind of approach keeps the um, processes of those projects very interesting to me. I, they feel like a. Uh, a kind of I don't know. There's a nice element of adventure to them. A uh, kind of oh, I wonder what's going to happen on this project, and that that's always for my personal art as well. That's something that keeps me very um, engaged, and I think that the a lot of the students that are involved in those projects feel engaged in the same same way. There's an obvious impact to the environment, and I think the you know community and uh that these pieces get put in up and are clearly uh enjoying it and so it's really it's important and I can forget that myself just because you know I'm caught up in just trying to make a living and getting kind of you know having to deal with adult kind of life stuff and uh so that's really that's what I think keeps me in all my art reminding myself that this is um this is valuable stuff, you know, and, and especially, I mean, I think I love making art in general, but I really think making art in public is extremely important. I, I love the accessibility, you know, just the kind of uh, full access that the public has to public art.
4: Um, And what advice would you give young people who are doing street art and want to evolve to professional artists?
3: It's better not to rush it too much. I think there's a, a value in just kind of taking your time to really hone your craft and really explore within your work basically take your time to develop something in your work which will um help to kind of propel that more those more professional aspirations um more quickly later i think it's it can be hard to you know sustain yourself with your art in general i mean no matter how skilled you are so i think it's good to remember that there's no need to support yourself fully on your art right away and having a kind of other day job or something is is really valuable. I, I had some of the uh, a really good a really memorable part of my life uh, in terms of just the enjoyment I had doing my art was during a time when I was not relying on it at all for income and I just had like a retail kind of job and I would come home and work on my art and that made me that much more excited to work on the art because just not having the pressure of having to sell something or whatever can really get in the way sometimes of uh, genuine exploration.
4: And we're back. I'm nine. I'm Alyssa. <laughs> and that was part two of Chris's um Soba's Chris interview. I must say that working with Chris is really awesome and interesting. You know, I forgot that you were his student too.
5: Yeah, I was a student
4: last year. Uh huh. Awesome. And where did you guys paint last year?
5: Uh, we painted at Lakeview. We did this mural on the Polina station. Ooh. The brown line. Ooh. So like waking up every day, taking the train, and like painting. Nice. It was dope. I don't know. I enjoyed it.
4: That's awesome. That's a really good um spot. To, it is. like right by the train. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think my experience with him has been awesome. He he does have like a, a vision, but also includes us just uh-huh. as much that you know in his vision or whatever. And like he had like a general bl- blueprint for this year. Um, mostly of the background to be honest, and then we're doing um yeah. adding stuff on the foreground and we're basically focusing on like nature but i do think it's like i don't know like really good to work with him because he's been on the field for so long and like you know talking to him and through this interview like i realized that like you know a lot of times we think that like pursuing a profession through what we mostly like to do like music art Mm -hmm, like
5: yeah that it's difficult and it's i don't know it's a lot of work you have to put a lot of effort in it if you really like want to do it
4: and I, i admire that for sure and but i think that like i've never really thought about the aftermath and like i think with this interview i really thought about it deeply like you know once you're like older and you've done this for so long like it it does bring you a different feeling because you're not doing it so much for what you used to do it for, like, your excitement about it. For fun, yeah, and now you're relying on it. Yeah, like, yeah, now you're relying on it, and, you know, that could definitely change how you feel about art, you know, and I'm pretty impressed, you know, he still enjoys to do it, and and I really appreciate that because if not, we would not be working with him, but, (laughs) you know, how he mentioned that he found some type of balance with having a part-time job and just going home right after and doing art rather than just fully being supported off of art. And that makes me appreciate having my jobs. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just want to quit everything and just lock myself in my room, do my craft, whether it's something with visual arts or, you know, audio and music production or whatever else is that I'm trying to get involved with mm-hmm. and just, you know, produce, produce, expose, and, you know, get something out of that. But then I'm like, whoa, like, he's right. Um, you know, you're young. Take it slow. Enjoy the process. You know, you meet a lot of people throughout the process. And, like, that's, I don't know, man, I'm kind of (laughs) sad. I
5: mean, like, personally for me, you're, like, in high school and you're, like, you have this pressure to be, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're, I would love to do art. Mm
3: -hmm. But it's
5: the thing was, like, am I, like, really into it? Or, like, do do I really want this as a career? And, like, how hard would it be for me to actually, like, have my own income in that?
4: For sure, and also like how we're mentioning like just losing that excitement for mm-hmm. it, you know. But I mean, I it's a real lose stuff. It. I don't. Want, right. Yeah,
5: the thing is like I don't. I don't. I I love art so much. Any form of art, like music, I like music a lot. I like writing. I like yeah. Like
4: for sure, but like you know like everything else it's a balance you know and mm-hmm. how he mentioned too like he really feels some type of good energy when working with youth and like you know just keeps him young yeah for keeps sure him. and yeah. he's a really cool cat like honestly la- last time he was recording us on his skateboard he was you know going down the <laughs> hill and it was just super awesome to see him do his thing recording us and like wow like chris is dope
5: well like definitely when i was last when i was working with him last year um i don't know i appreciate it he gave us a lot of like freedom to do our individuality like he had like a, like you said he always has like a background thing i remember we did stencils and we would do like our own stencils and that's how we like put our part of ourselves in that mural and i really appreciate that and i also love the fact that he uses a lot of color
4: yes yeah, he does um i did not know but he's kind of known as like the king of rainbows uh-huh. it totally fits him yeah a lot of color <laughs> i could see why like that that name is super fit mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, yeah. And whew, okay, so you know, touching up on some more like mural work. What other murals have you done, or been part of?
5: Been part of. Um, so the one with Chris was my first one. Okay. And um, also I did street art also in the fall. So we did the one by a restaurant. um, what's her name? Mist. So Rosia, Oh okay. And um, this is my third one, and with um, Arturo Frosan So yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Arturo Fresan. That's another one of our guests for today, for the second <laughs> hour. Um, yeah, I, I think that I started with YOLO um, 2016. I painted my first mural with um, the amazing GLOW. Shout out to GLOW, which is like one of my bestest friends now. <laughs> Thank you, YOLO, for, you know, network networking me with her you know what shout Uh, out to yolo Yolo. yeah shout out to yolo and vanessa for just being super great to us man like (laughs) i i really found like a sense of family here and like i could really be who i want to be and not just you know be worried about like oh is anybody gonna like you know say something i mean
5: like i've definitely like found a lot of people who have like the same common interests as me and it's really nice i don't know you don't see that like in school or other places
4: yeah for sure and, like, even if you don't have, like, similar interests as someone in YOLO, they leave you alone. They let you be. They, they're they not like, oh, you have to do this. Or, you know, it's super open and, like... Super chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, one thing I've noticed, too, like, through working at YOLO, I realize how institutionalized we generally are because we have so much freedom here that we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. We're just always asking, like, is this okay or is that or this? And it's like, whoa, like, for once, we don't have to be, like super structured and we're still creating super amazing yeah for sure oh yeah i have a a, i picked a song i don't know you want to listen to it it's pretty smooth i like it super my vibe let's listen to it all right let's go ahead and listen to that
7: you know what a mop is? Like a mop to clean? Yes, yeah, to clean. A mop. <laughs> <laughs> a mop is a marker used for letters to have dripping effect, not what you use to clean the floor with.
4: And that was the Lakesiders parachute song. It's amazing. Did it you is. like it?
5: I like it. It's really smooth. I like it.
4: And that was also a box popular by Michelle again. Um, the word was mop. Trapiar. <laughs> 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 I almost died. Fun fact: you can make your own like DIY mops. Yeah, you uh, could. That's
5: awesome. <laughs> Anything can be DIY.
4: Yeah, that's totally true. And like, you know, some supplies can be really expensive. Art supplies are expensive. Let me
5: talk about the white markers. They're really expensive. You know what you can
4: use? whiteout pens. white pens, yes. <laughs> yes, anything that works. You know, mm-hmm. try to, like, alter the chemicals in there. Yeah. <laughs> Make them more... um.
5: Our own little, like, test kit, our little
4: chemist. Right? right? We can start, like, our own shop, like, DIY. Like, come shop with us. We're cheaper mm-hmm. <laughs> from the dollar store. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. This special is going super great. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I want to talk to you about graph. When was, like, the last... I mean, the first time that you were exposed to graph, and when was the first time that you felt like you were interested in taking part of the community?
5: Um, okay, I don't know, it's a pretty long story, but like I remember around fourth I've always been really into drawing and like art, so I'm like I like doing different stuff and I remember like around fourth or fifth grade. Um, I really like how bubble letters look so I used to do them always and I remember I got in trouble with the substitute teacher cuz she was like you know that's vandalism right you know you're going to do this and then she went off and I was like completely lost and yeah I, I kind of stopped doing it because of that I'm like I'm like okay I'm going to get like shame for this for some reason but I didn't really understand it and it was like oh that's like a type of like graffiti or whatever so I'm like oh and then like I think like around 2 years ago is when I actually like started more trying to write I still suck I, I suck but um yeah I've been trying I've been trying to do more lettering more like straight letters or whatever just something so like I could actually practice and it could actually come out good
4: that's awesome I mean that that reminds me of a lot of the stuff that we heard in the first hour like for example pilot mentioned that you're always going to get those negative people and they are going to try to stop you and judge you and like I think for such a long time like I felt like really impacted by that you know like I know I was, like, one of the, I don't know, I think, like, in my generation, um, where I went to school, I was, like, one of the girls that was looked at, like, why is she doing that? Or, like, that's not traditional, no, that's not lady-like. And, like, for so long, like, I felt bad about myself. Like, man, you guys judge too much, you mm-hmm. know? And then also when I started being more active, I would bump into my friend's parents sometimes right after, like, leaving a yard or something. and or
5: like, tagging and then yeah. you see someone, you know, and you're like
4: yeah you know and i was just really self-conscious like man they're not gonna let my friend hang out with me anymore and then, mm-hmm. like it sucks because I'm, I'm really not like like hurting anyone if anything backfires it's just gonna go on me like i'm not i'm not out here like trying to like motivate them to come with me either like i'm just doing me and like with my friends that are you know are into this uh-huh. and for a long time i felt like uh and like also how you mentioned like you feel like you're not that good but like this whole show is full of advice it is you know of- like how bell mentioned like you know you got to keep on painting pilot mentioned you got it like not stop and alex and o said you know straight letters go a long way you know once you start getting super like comfortable with them super really like you know i got this then you you start exploring like a different angle of your letters and you know it's all about getting comfortable with your name Mm -hmm. first you know for the most part
5: oh names let's talk about names i can never decide on one do you have one um I'd i rather not say it right For sure. now. Yeah. It's there's a lot. There's a list. <laughs> yeah.
4: So I could tell you my first name. When I started painting it was in twenty twelve I believe. Mm-hmm. And I I was introduced to like graffiti when i was nine because of my sister's ex-boyfriend she he would do graffiti and like i would draw so he would be Mm -hmm. like oh you know you should really get into letters or whatever and then when i got a little older i was like 13 or 14 um i was really close to this one guy who was really really active in the street like doing graffiti he was super young so he was like one of the guys that like had taken over like some of the south Mm -hmm. at a really really young age um, I would say his name. I don't know if he's comfortable with that. But shout out to him for introducing me to, like, the real, like, Raph. um, Because, you know, I, I was never really out there until I met him. And he helped me come up with my name. And my first name was Geek. Geek. Yeah. Oh, that was... Yeah, well, I a long that- time ago, because now there's, like, another uh-huh. person that writes geek. But um, when I started doing it, it's because I had braces, I had my glasses, and then, well, my first name starts with a G, so it's, it was just, like, G, and then, well, geek. like, okay, geek. Yeah. Geek. yeah. Uh-huh. And then I went through my heart, like, at the end of my my tag or something until my dad found out you know he knew i was like going because he's a mechanic so he has like a (laughs) lot of supplies in the garage what he had Mm -hmm. and i would find paint markers you know and i was like you know i'm going in the garage i'm gonna take my dad's paint markers but on one time he found out he was just like you know you you can't be doing that man like Mm -hmm. you know you can do a lot more with art and like you know i don't know man and then like after a while you know he kind of just started seeing that like I wasn't trying to get in trouble I was just
5: doing yeah you were doing whatever you wanted
4: yeah it was honestly like one of my favorite sports in a way (laughs) to be honest
5: I mean for me I think I definitely got it more closer to my family because then I found out like oh my other cousins do that too and I'm like we have something in common like oh we have this common interest I don't I just like it
4: yeah that's definitely something I don't think um I have like too many family members that are like into that i have one cousin that we would paint I was, like, together two, too. Mm-hmm. that's awesome i mean it's always good to have that like nice branch and in, mm-hmm. in your family circle yeah super important and yeah then i started at, right now i'm trying to actually build something with like a younger generation of girls i don't want to talk about it too much but i do mm-hmm. want to say like for anybody out there just stay tuned because
5: something's about to happen. something's
4: happening you know mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean right now i'm not like really big on it I mean, I I definitely have an interest in it. I suck at it though, but like we have to like keep on practicing or whatever. And I would say like a lot of people from Yolo, a lot of people I've met have like really boosted up that confidence. I you can say, like shout out to my friends right there. So Ojos, Mika, and Opal. So nice. like, we usually don't do like a lot of like with spray paint or anything. We do a lot of slaps. Nice. we tag a lot. So yeah.
4: You know what? And that reminds me, like if you ever want to paint on like some chill stuff without having to, you know, be like running too much, let me know. Cause um shout out to the spots that um some there's some spots where owners are super cool with mm-hmm. you going over there and just like using the wall to practice your craft. And I think that's super amazing. And I actually know a spot that's very common. Um, shout out to Crawford. You know, right there oh. in Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a good wall for a lot of people i mean you gotta it's got its rules and everything but like you know as long as you're keeping it cool and mm-hmm. you once more than one to paint there and i think it's amazing yeah but yeah this is it's this is good
5: good show <laughs> for sure definitely like brings like what graffiti does and like the good opportunities it happens and how it's not a negative stigma like can we talk
4: right and if we talk about like negative things man there's a lot of negative I'm just going to say, crooked things going on in the city. And, like, if you just want to focus on Grab being like, oh, you know, that they're not supposed to do that. It's illegal. But man, I don't want to hear it. because I mean,
5: it could even be, like, sign a protest. You could even, like... For sure. Yeah. It's a really... I think it's a really good form of call to action. Something that happened. So, yeah. I appreciate it.
4: It is. You know, it, it most definitely is. And you know there's a lot of like politicians you know doing so many crazy things and like we're all focused on what else is going on Mm -hmm. and not what they're doing and it's like at the end of the day we're we're trying to do something good for ourselves you know and like i don't know it's a good way to revolutionize in a way you know Mm -hmm. but it does come with its
5: its perks and like yeah yeah
4: it's negative stuff you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah don't forget that you are listening to WLPN, LP in Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. And we're going to go ahead and go on a small break, and we'll be right back with some more interviews, some of them Arturo Fresan, and the amazing Quan, Quan Styles, and let's yeah let's go on this quick break so we can ba- get back to that. Hello, everyone. That was our promos. <laughs> You know the usual I do want to say that we have some amazing interviews coming up and one of them is Arturo Fresan, which I've never personally worked with him or been like mentored by him but I've had some amazing conversations but I know he's your street art mentor so Melissa take it over
5: <laughs> okay he's pretty dope he's not like what you would see like graffiti because it's very tied with like hip-hop and all that he's the opposite of it he's very tied with punk and he does a lot of DIY punk and I find it really interesting because I like personally, I, like, I really like punk music and I don't know, just like seeing different people, like how graffiti ties in with like a lot of different things and how it inspires you to do, like perceive other things. So definitely in the interview, he talks about how graffiti did like open a lot of like doors for him and like pursue other interests and how like, yeah, it, it's a really good thing.
4: Yeah, and mm-hmm. what I know about him is that he's definitely part of the um, the community that I grew up in, Marshall um, <laughs> Square. Actually, little village. Let's not call it Marshall Square because it's super gentrifying now. Oh, um, okay. Just wanted to say that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, but he's he seems like he has a super like aware. He's really open
5: minded. Yeah. Like, extremely, and I'm just like, wow.
4: Yeah. Last time we like briefly talked about how like, eventually later on we're gonna be going to war for water. Uh huh. And that kind of scared me. But like it's true, like we can like be blinded to things just because we don't want to accept the truth.
5: And yeah, just being in this street, I definitely changed a lot of my perspective on things, and I don't know, like it made definitely made me more aware. And it's just nice seeing like past artists. They're like really tied with hip hop and other things, and he's like really tied with funk rock and like
4: yeah that's a really good point actually uh-huh. i feel like growing up i was like super into hip-hop like really like a lot and like i don't know i kind of grew out of it somewhat i mean hip-hop's always gonna be in the heart but like <laughs> i've opened up to a lot more genres, genres and, like, and music. yeah yeah yeah.
5: i mean for me it's like kind of the opposite i like i like rock a lot i've been in a lot of rock music and like it definitely has opened me to more like hip-hop artists Yeah, Yeah. I
4: think.
5: Yeah, for sure. I'm like Kid (laughs)
4: Cudi. Um, yeah, and I think like for hip hop, for me, like it was something that I kind of took upon myself because my family was super traditional. My uncles would listen to like Eminem and some, you know, most like mainstream rap, but like I really dug into trying to learn about like underground music and stuff. Yeah, back to topic. Arturo Fasan. Good band Uh,
5: recommendations. Like he has a lot.
4: Yeah. Uh Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and listen to his interview. I'm really excited to see what's going on here.
9: school title is graphic Designer and visual communicator with a specialization in illustration. What is graffiti to you? Well, to me, it's just like any sort of writing on the wall. Like if you want to go and get in the specifics of like you know graffiti with spray paint, it's kind of a different monster. But like by definition, it's like a writing on the wall.
5: What got you interested in starting
9: in, in, in graffiti? Well, I grew up in Mexico City. Uh, it's so big and so it's so dense in population that sometimes it makes you feel like you have to scream real loud to be listened to mm-hmm. and. And it was something that I started to notice in the streets, like, you know, the tags. And when I started, they were barely just tags, but it was like, you started recognizing the tags and like oh there's there's like like a sense of participation within it you start recognizing who is who and you start getting to know a lot of these people and it's a little community and it grew you know it's it's kind of cool to be in part of something that is way bigger than yourself
5: how was graffiti movement like when you were active or started
9: I was way more uh, unorganized. Uh, Most of the the people I was hanging out with that were doing graffiti, we were mostly tagged. The idea of doing a piece was, it was very conflicted uh, since most of us were very uh, adamant to do legal graffiti. Like the whole concept to us was to do it and be able to do it, you know, outside of legality, to be be able to find a wall that will not really affect anybody other than, you know, like somebody from the government will have to come and buff it. So we will always try to pick up like bridges and stuff like that and to build up the courage and uh, the skill to, you know, do it in the middle of the night and about 20 minutes stop so like to do a full big production was like kind of insane, especially when you also have to consider you have to get the spray can. So many times we were kind of pitched in and we will find what colors do we have and we will try to find like maybe not our tags, but we will like find the word that we wanted to do or like a production and do it all together. They were also all the other other people that were like way more aggressive about it. They were more risque or intrepid and they were like climbing billboards, climbing down onto the train lines and trying to paint. We were not really hitting the trains. It's very common that people hit the train and within the first hour of transit during the day, they're buffed, so normally aim for the tunnel walls. It's kind of difficult to see from the train, but you can see them and it happens very often that the trains will slow down for whatever reason that you know the trains slow down and you see them.
5: How would you define your style?
9: well i i did carry a lot of the graffiti into my own personal style mainly because i love the dynamics of it it involves a lot of uh, movement it involves a lot of contrast how to turn something that is 2d into 3d and remain eye-catching so i wouldn't call it graffiti but it has a lot of of its soul in it. How
5: has graffiti impacted who you are
9: today? I would say considerably. <laughs> like, it was the lead-in to be able to start uh, getting involved in DIY punk. A lot of the taggers that I was hanging out were not particularly into hip-hop, where were, were, they were more into hardcore and punk, so that was basically what was the connection. It was when I started tagging that I started meeting people that like the same music and led to me getting into bands, which also led to me stop doing it, doing graffiti, because, you know, you get a little bit older and you start realizing that there's a lot of things that you might not be able to do if you get caught. Like, It's not necessary that you're gonna go to prison for five years, but you know, by sheer paying fines, you're not gonna be able then to afford an instrument or afford an amplifier or all the requirements that you have to play in a band. Other than that, I mean, again, it gave me a lot of confidence into the world. Well, just do it. Like, just, just do it. Yes, I know. It, it's hard. And yeah, you suck. I suck. Everybody sucks. But that's the first step. You're going to suck. So sometimes it's kind of cool that you realize that when you, when you realize that, that, well, you do it once, you do it twice, you do it again and again and again. And it starts getting you're getting used to it. You start seeing how you get better, I think. Uh, it's one of the most important parts that I learned about graffiti. That and the practice, practice a lot. That tradition of carrying a black book, carrying a sketchbook, and oh, have a downtime, work on your sketchbook over and over and over and over. That, I got that from graffiti.
5: What advice would you give people who are starting in this art form?
9: Uh, well, practice a lot in your black book. You don't necessarily have to go full on illegal to be an artist, especially when you're young. It's It's a common mistake. I think in any sort of artwork, you see the people that are doing it professionally or like, you know, super well produced and you are aiming to be them and you're forgetting you're not them, you're you. So you are only competing against yourself. So that's why, again, it's very important to keep your sketchbooks and work on your sketchbooks because that's where you see, like I started, you know, sucking this bad and now I don't suck that much and you see your progress and that's the battle against yourself i think that's what it's about
5: what is your opinion on how the city of chicago handles like graffiti like
9: since i don't i have not done it like in over 10 years so like i know i have, people have told me i have met multiple uh, writers and I met uh, Flash and he was telling me that back in the time, like it was so harsh that even legal murals, normal murals, like, you know, brush murals, would get buffed by the city. There's uh, that mural in Logan Square where the firemen were portrayed at, uh, I think it was one mayor or an elder man, I don't remember, uh, he like buffed it and the community got all up in arms because of that. Because they were like, they were considering, oh, that's graffiti needs to go. I think that if there could be a sort of manifesto that will teach, especially the younger kids, and they don't go so crazy on private property and address your concerns a little bit more, aim towards the city and the city or the words the that don't address the concerns of your community. You might be able to get a little bit more leniency in how the city take or reacts to graffiti, but I don't think it's gonna change. The system is made to oppress and that's what they're gonna do.
5: How has graffiti connected you to your community or how has it disconnected you from it?
9: I don't think it necessarily disconnects you. I did go through a phase, especially when I was doing it, where obviously older people will ask me, So you do that? Yeah, why? It's so destructive, etc., etc., etc. And you can reply, Well, why do you take away everything? Why do you consider that you're doing everything right? And then, you know, 10 years later, they tell us, Oh, by the way, uh, the water is poisoned now. Sorry about that, but progress, right? So, like, I don't see it that it's much more different. like. As with everything uh, generational speaking uh, we're always fighting the people above love us because they think they know better until you tell them no this is messed up what did you do here
4: and we're back mm-hmm. wow melissa that interview was <laughs> i was not expecting that <laughs> super amazing you know right before we when we played the interview i was just thinking about how like in other countries that are you know, they face more, like, deeper oppression every day, and there's graffiti in there, in their communities. It's super imperative.
5: Mm, I think it's way more, even more difficult. It's, like, more negative side, I guess.
4: For sure. Like, in the States, you know, we, we do have, you know, a lot of things going on, but I, I do definitely think that some countries are struggling a lot more, and, like, definitely art is super healing, and mm-hmm. I don't know, he he's really, I, I love how open he is, you know, like, he he said like you know find a word that you want to do and just kind of throw it out there and like I encourage for any you know listeners that are that want to get involved with street art or graffiti and specifically the young people I encourage you to take a twist in the graffiti community and like be more involved in your community and what's going on and then react through your art you know Mm -hmm. and just really I don't know man like as artists we have a different type of power i feel like we're more sensitive we're more in tune we're you know like i think it's also like kind of cool like the word painting has the word pain mm-hmm. in it you know we're painters <laughs> we paint our paint i'm um, no we yeah we paint our pain <laughs> uh-huh.
5: pain, or pain i like that <laughs> Painter paint. Mm-hmm. that should be on a chart yeah pain or pain.
4: and can you tell me about your experience interviewing him um
5: we were like it was super fast like we only had like 15 minutes of break oh, so yeah. i was like yeah but um i i I just like obviously i do like a lot of the stuff he says um how the system is made to oppress, so sure. obviously going to oppress us and like how we said like yeah keep, keep on doing it because um it's going to come out better sure. and, like yeah and also um, but like the sketchbook things and how we should always keep our black books and we should always like start writing because like yeah we see progress there and if we stop then we can Become like a little bit more rustier and like yeah, just keep on like
4: I don't know like yeah, just keep keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah, it, yeah, and it is interesting to look back at your black books like whoa, I did that. Or sometimes I look at them like damn, I was I was pretty good, man. Like or I was getting somewhere. Or like
5: yeah, no, like you see something. I remember like I would use like this little drawing I did, and I was like I hated it so much. And I remember like I went back on it like two months later, and I was like this isn't that bad
4: right and that goes Mm -hmm. back to the point that you're only competing against yourself Yourself. at the end of the day like you could be your worst enemy or your best friend it's all up to how you want to approach yourself yeah
5: how you want to treat yourself yeah
4: yeah mental health
5: (laughs) no (laughs) i mean yeah definitely throughout the show it's like a lot of self-confidence you should be confident start practicing do yeah, because you're only competing with yourself. You're
4: right. And uh-huh. like art and graffiti is like a good intro to confidence, I yeah. guess, you know? Yeah, and talking about that, it's super important for like, you know, older artists to... You know provide opportunities for younger kids such as like even as simple as writing in their black book like you know this next interview we're gonna listen to or like help
5: your community you know
4: for sure it's my homie kwan and <laughs> i remember meeting him when i had just started like when i had just came up with my name that when i mentioned geek mm-hmm. and i remember we were all hanging out i used to hang out with um one of the younger kids of um the crew or whatever and I was like oh yeah I kind of write or whatever and he was black booking and um he was just like oh do you want to write in my black book and I was like yeah and I remember I was so nervous because I'm like damn I I really don't even have like a style or anything and like this guy I looked through his black book and it's like super amazing super like like, realistic and I'm like and you want me to write in your black book I'm gonna mess it up man but um yeah he didn't even care he was just like yeah like he let me use his markers which was another thing because it's like you know art supplies and like Uh some people don't know how to use them they mess them up and I was just like wow like man I till this day I really remember that and i truly appreciate that so shout out to kwan um yeah let's go ahead and listen to his interview
10: my name is ramon jones most people know me as kwan or kwan styles i mean i started out in graph now i try and like stay away from the actual word graph or like street art name you know um i'm just an artist and i like to do mural artwork or pretty much any type of like visual artwork you
4: know how would you define graffiti
10: How would i define graffiti it's definitely not i guess how you would explain it maybe back in the day but the way i see it now is just you know street art graph scene i guess i'm not really a scene person but i do like the graph style you know street art style anything using pretty much you know aerosol or anything trying to do with you know typography you know that's all part of the graph game you know
4: and how did you start graph how long ago
10: was that? I actually started late. I think out of all my friends, I was the last one to actually start doing graffiti. I picked up my first can when I was like 17, probably almost 18, you know? Um, that's when I very first started painting. I was, I think to me that that was old. Everybody else I knew it started when they were like between like 10 and 13, you know? So they were like way ahead of me by the time I started, you know? So I was going to Home Depot and I think Menard like to get paint when before they were even carding people. <laughs>
4: So how did you start?
10: Actually, my brother—he's like five or six years older than me—and I used to see stuff that he did, and like sometimes he would take me to spots, like that he would show me and stuff like that. But he'd always threaten me too. He'd always tell me, like he'd like you know beat up on me if uh, if were found out I was into graph or doing anything illegal like that. But kind of followed along those footsteps for a little while. I would say I started back in five probably so yeah i think i was like 17 at the time
4: and how would you compare the movement like back then to now and like considering also like social media
10: it's way different so when I started there definitely wasn't a huge like cell phone like smartphone boom that there is now Like literally everybody has one like every kid every adult even old people have them And back then it wasn't like that like there was kids with flip phones Maybe you know like that like I didn't even have a cell phone at the time probably, you know Like that's how far as that, that went as far as for social media. There was MySpace. I guess that's the only way you get people you know other people from other cities to see yourself was like my or like 12 ounce Or if you're lucky enough to get on uh, artcrimes.com, you know, like, if you're lucky enough, like, they actually open up your email. So um, that was as far as that went.
4: So, like, one thing that I've been hearing, too, is that, like, a lot of people now that social media is, like, involved you know with everyone people try to like claim their ups on instagram rather than on the street like what's your opinion on that
10: well i think i'm almost like the worst person to ask about that honestly because i was never a big like illegal street painter you know like i've done it in my younger days but i was never known to be that guy you know usually my friends had to come and drag me out of my house and like do it you know which is it was fun but, uh, you know, it, it was never really my thing. I really liked taking my time to do really nice stuff. So that's why I was always more of, like, a production wall guy and, like, permission wall guy, you know, or, like, commission stuff. Yeah, I never really messed around too much with, uh, with the legal stuff. But I will say, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying about, you know, social media. And it's a good and a bad, I guess. It's good because, yeah, you can get a lot of fame really fast. You know, you get a lot of people to see your stuff, which is, I mean, good for you. You know, especially if you're someone like me, you know, like, if I want to put my stuff out there and it's going to help me get another job or another gig for painting well that's great i mean i think it's probably more pluses than minuses when it comes down to i think social media definitely helps everybody in the end so
4: and how was your transition to like start doing commission work and getting paid for your artwork and like the public scene
10: that was it actually started way sooner than I thought it would happen because when I was young, I didn't see myself getting paid for that kind of stuff, you know? So, I mean, I've been doing art since I was like a little, little kid, you know? Ever since I could pick up a crayon, that's when I was like obsessed with drawing, like just obsessed. So like even in school, like everybody knew me as a that kid, that's like the drawing. So when I got a little older and I started picking up graph and got my first P wall, my dad started noticing that I was spending like two, three hundred dollars like all the time, like on paint. That was like my earned money that I was like paying for that. I wasn't like ready it like other people I was actually paying for all this paint and you know doing these p-walls like all the time especially during the summer you know you get a wall or two three walls and you're doing them like every week or every other week i was spending a lot of money on that and my dad ended up noticing and he's like why are you wasting all your money like these business old owners you know should be paying for that i'm like who's gonna pay for graf?" you know and he's like he's like no you're doing them a favor you know you're adding something to the community you're you're giving them something you're you know you're painting over like uh gang graffiti or you're going over something that's ugly or you know something that's just been there for a long time whatever it is whatever the case is and you're adding something to that that, that's like valuable and you should get paid for that and uh, I took his advice and uh, I went to a local business right after that and I ended up getting a contract with the guy and he he paid me for the wall, you know, he paid for all the paint, you know, he bought me and all my friends like food and soda while we were painting. You know, so that was awesome. And ended up surprising all my friends and they're like, what the hell? Like, how'd, how'd you get paid for that? I'm like, why would they do that? So yeah, it was actually a really early transition. So that happened back when I was like 17. So it was like really almost right off the bat of when I started. So um, I learned pretty early on that getting contracts for that kind of stuff and getting paid for it is really important. Yeah, I wanted to go out there and like hustle to get walls, but at the same time, hustle to get walls that are paid. So, yeah, that was really important to me.
4: And how would you say that like graffiti or public art has connected or disconnected you from your communities?
10: Uh, it actually brought me closer to my community uh, when I was younger I was really involved with a lot of uh, community organizations um, they wanted me specifically because I was in like, the graph scene so there were there were a lot of youth organizations so they thought that that would help helped a lot by hosting you know like skate jams and little like graffiti battle events and stuff like that when I was younger or just uh, like even charity benefits that they would have for like uh, older people like downtown you know like they would go from Little Village all the way downtown and have like these events to r- help raise money so they would have me and a few other guys like doing live graffiti to help with their event and you know they would like donate all this money to help the little village it was, it was great
4: what advice would you give for like young people or even like young adults that are starting to do graffiti or getting involved with like commission work any like advice from artist to artist
10: so i would just say this as far as like any artist in general any artist uh be prolific and what that means is just keep on producing stuff like don't stop because stopping is your enemy It really is. You got to keep the momentum going. And I know that from experience because anytime uh, where I've stopped, you know, it's hurt me. Like it, if I stop and uh, and I haven't stopped me for a while, then it kind of, you know, it's hard for me to get back into it sometimes, you know. But once I get the ball rolling, that's it, you know, like it's going and, and that's what I like. So every time I get the momentum going, that's good, you know, because I keep making more stuff, people, more people see see your your pieces or whatever it is that you're doing. And that's what everybody wants and they want people to see their stuff, you know. So, but no one's going to see it if you're not making stuff. So that's pretty much the for important sure. part. So
4: your um, like commission, Walls now are they like graffiti related or like what kind of work do you do now?
10: So when it comes down to commission it depends on how you work it out with who's ever hiring you because sometimes if you're up front at the beginning like look you're hiring me for this it's going to be completely my way then then that that's how they hire you but if you get commissioned to do something and they want input then it's kind of up to them so sometimes when i do get commissions yeah they want it to be graffiti influenced or street art influenced you know and they'll usually have some form of idea to show me you know at the beginning or sometimes they'll be like no they don't want it to be anything related to graffiti you know, it just artwork based on other stuff that I've done or stuff that they like, don't like biting or Copying exactly from other people, but definitely taking influences. Everybody does that, and I think they should do that. But I think it's really important to get uh, involved with your community. That's what I'm trying to do now. I mean, I don't live in the city anymore. I'm out in the suburb, not too far. But you know, I want to work with them, so I've been in talks with them, trying to you know get involved with my artwork through that community. If I could bring that back to Little Village as well, you know, that'd be great. It's been a long time since I worked in Little Village. You know, I, I really liked uh, doing that. And after I stopped, glad that they continued and made it larger than it than when it was when I was in it. So so I think if I get back in it, we can make it that much greater, definitely. I think the business aspect of art is really important, especially for the youth to learn about. So because when I grew up, most of the people around me, especially older than me and my family, um, they didn't see that as something that could be lucrative, you know, or something that you can live off of, which has been proven to be a big falsehood because I've, I've met a lot of people who live entirely off of their artwork. But those people work really hard for it to be that way, you know, it, it doesn't come easy it's a very hard goal to reach you know especially at the beginning because like I said you can't stop you have to keep it going no matter what even if you're not making the money at it you got you got to keep on producing you know you got to keep it going I would say if, when I was younger, I wish I had somebody uh, to tell me certain of these things because, you know, I would go to like a corner store with, you know, my backpack full of paint, like, you know, paint all over it, clothes all full of paint, looking like a little scummy kid. And I would try and talk to the business owner and I guess in a professional way almost, but like I'd pull out, you know, a black book, you know, who's going to hire you that way? Nobody is. Nobody's going to take you serious, you know? And so I got my stuff together, portfolio, printed out some photos back then, you know, put them in a nice binded book, uh, all land. Laminated, real nice and I would you know put on some decent clean clothes go talk to a, you know the business owners professionally out even get business cards made doesn't cost much you can get them on like a website for like 10 bucks you know for like a whole stack of them and that goes a long long way to help you out even if you're just trying to do a permission P wall even if you're just trying to to do graph that'll go a long way to get you that and you potentially even get you paid to do it. That'd be great. So I wish I knew that when I was like young young, you know, but I ended up learning through older graph heads too, you know, the contracts are important. Be professional. Don't swear when you go and talk to these people, you know, look decent, use proper English. That goes a long way. So, I mean, all the stuff they teach you in school, please pay attention because it does benefit you in the end because there's a lot of people struggling out there. And I wish, well, I'm pretty sure they, they wish, you know, that they would take some advice when they were younger and applied it.
7: Okay. What's a burner? Burning. Fire. Someone who burns something. The stove.
3: A, a really nicely done piece, I would say, is a burner.
7: Burner is a slang word used to describe how long it took to finish a piece.
4: And that was an interview with the amazing Quan. thank you so much kwan for being a part of this i do want to point out that he brought up some amazing points such as like it doesn't matter if you feel like you're a certain age and you want to get in tune with something just do it because it's never too late to start you know and yeah he did point out like the good i guess like exposure you can get through social media on a more like professional note rather than just like oh i got up and this no it's more like i'm doing this commission work this is my page this is where you can check out what, what i do and like it's a good way to like get your in a way business going you know um what i
5: definitely did like is how you mentioned a lot about like help out, help out your community because i think i think that's really nice because um just doing like a little work little murals in there like it decorates your little community I'm like why would you want your community to be bare decorate it look make it look nice
4: for sure and also like even if you're like the one friend in the group that's not going all crazy how everybody is, you know, be your own individual, do your thing, and, like, at the end of the day, this is all for yourself, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Well... Our graffiti special has come to an end. <laughs> Thank yeah. you all for tuning in. Shout out to all my friends who are texting me, letting me know that you guys are listening. I appreciate all of you guys. And this was our second part two of our graffiti show. We had on this part we had another clip of Chris Silva. We had the amazing Arturo fresan the amazing Quan Styles. And yeah, I hope yeah. you guys all like really picked up on some advice. Cause you know a lot of this is like advice to keep the movement moving. Don't forget to, you know, build your own revolution, heal the hood through art.
5: Build your own revolution like
4: that. Yeah, Uh most definitely. And yeah, whatever you do, keep painting, keep creating. Don't stop. It makes a difference. We see you. I see you. Somebody sees you, you know? Keep up being you. You're motivating someone at the end of the day. And yeah, shout out to Michelle for the box populace. You know, we went through Burner, Toy, Black Book. You know, mobs, mobs, mops,
5: <laughs> yeah,
4: right? For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y in Yolokali Little Village. I am nine.
5: And I am Melissa.
4: And we are out.
0: or visit at Yolo dot org for more.
6: We are
0: the